I'm Brian Barnett. I'm just a regular guy. I'm not a doctor. I have no legal license in any field of psychology. But I did live a large part of my life with borderline personality disorder unknowingly. And I really did rid myself of the disorder completely and permanently. Through that, I've become an expert on issues involving emotional health. I accept no responsibility whatsoever for your feelings, thoughts, behaviors, decisions, and actions, including your decision to watch or listen to this show at all. But I do hope you might benefit yourself from the insights I share. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome back to The Last Symptom. I'm Brian Barnett, the creator and host of The Last Symptom. Thank you for joining me this week. Last time we, I I talked at you, Uh, my dog had just died and I was pretty upset about that. Well, I appreciate the time that you folks have given me to kind of come to terms with that. And uh, I'm feeling a lot better. You know, just I'm going to miss the guy quite a bit, but I'm feeling better and uh, ready to get back into the swing of things here. This week, I thought we'd talk about silverback gorillas and honeybees. What can silverback gorillas and honeybees teach us about emotional health issues? Well, we'll get into that here in a second. Let me just make a few real brief announcements. TheLastSymptom.com is my website for free and paid resources. Uh, I hope you'll take advantage of the free resources over there, and I hope you take advantage of the paid resources too. The paid resources are what allow me to continue doing this work, and uh, so run over there to thelastsymptom.com, see if there's anything good over there for you. Our online community is on the Locals platform, and we have a good old time over there talking about all sorts of things and self-improvement psychology emotional health, emotional disorders, authentic and permanent recovery. Uh, The way you join is you can go over to thelastsymptom.locals.com or you can download the locals.com app from the app store and then just search for The Last Symptom. The good thing about being in our group is that we do a live stream every Monday. So instead of you watching me right now in a recording, uh, you'd be able to watch me live and uh, interact with me in the chat and uh, get your questions answered get my opinion on things get my insights on things in real time so that's something you're missing out on if uh, you're not a member of our online community there on local so think about it and hopefully we'll see you over there so silverback gorillas um you've heard me talk maybe in the past about this scene in the movie Lawrence of Arabia. I use it often to talk about uh, maintaining inner peace and how mostly uh, that has to do with not minding. You know, think about how powerful not minding is. So if you haven't seen the movie, there's a scene where Lawrence in Lawrence of Arabia lights a match and he snuffs out the match just using his fingers and 
uh, one of his one of the other guys standing around seeing him do this uh, in the background lights his own match and, and does it himself and he ends up burning burning his fingers he says ouch that that hurts and Lawrence says well of course it hurts and uh, so the other guy says well, well then what's the trick and that's when Lawrence utters his famous line the trick William Potter is not minding that it hurts so not minding is really a superpower think of it like a superpower that you can learn and practice in your everyday life think about how not minding can help you maintain inner peace I saw a video not too awful long ago of an enormous silverback gorilla I've been fascinated by gorillas here lately and seeing all these videos about them on the internet and stuff like that but this enormous silverback gorilla I'm talking about today had a couple of children and what struck me about this uh, enormous silverback gorilla is that he could just he could crush me with one hand he had me so huge and powerful you get on his wrong side get on the wrong side of him he could reach out and just squish you with one hand I mean just pop you like a grape and yet this enormously powerful silverback gorilla is there with his children and his children are climbing all over him they're pulling his hair biting the crown of his head and do you know what that gigantic powerful fearsome silverback gorilla did while all this was going on he sat there like he was completely indifferent to it all think about it he sat there like he's completely indifferent to the fact that he's got these two young gorillas crawling all over him I mean crawling all over him pulling on his hair biting him and he's just sitting there I don't know what he was thinking about maybe he was daydreaming about the times when he could hang out with his old, all of his other buddies or something I don't know but what I do know is that he didn't mind he did not mind that <laughs> Now put yourself in the position of the gorilla. And let's say that uh, you're sitting at the park. Or let's say that you're sitting in a restaurant. And let's say that some kids that you don't know come over and start climbing all over you and stuff. Pulling your hair. Grabbing your nose. You know, poking you with their fingers. Spilling their food on you. Stuff like that. Uh, how, how long would you tolerate that? They're not your kids. You don't know who they are. You wouldn't tolerate it for a second, would you? You wouldn't tolerate it for a second. But most of you who are parents remember a time when your children were at a certain age where you did just sit there and take it, didn't you? You just sat there and you took it. And you didn't mind. Been thinking a lot about that gorilla. And what I learned from, from watching that gorilla 
getting climbed all over by those kids. I want you to think about this. Two, two things to think about. Number one, what is the element in that formula? You know, what is the thing in that formula of a gorilla sitting there, a gorilla that can crush you with just his thumb and forefinger? What is the element that, that allows a beast like that to sit there and be climbed all over and pulled on and bit and not mind? What is the thing? Because you and I both know that if any other creature were to come along, let's say a, a monkey, not a gorilla, but like a monkey, or let's say, uh, what else? I don't know. What else is in the jungle? Uh, a wildcat. Let's say a wildcat were to come and it wants to climb all over the gorilla and bite it on the head and stuff like that. How long do you think that the gorilla would tolerate that? Kane, stop. So, yeah, you know, you and I both know <clears throat> that if any other creature would come along and do the same thing that those baby gorillas were doing, that that silverback gorilla would annihilate it. The silverback gorilla would go crazy and just destroy any other animal that come along and try to do that same thing to him. So what's it come down to? It comes down to the fact that for his own children, he doesn't mind. And for other creatures, he does mind. But here's the second point that I want to point out that I'd like you to think about. It's not the being pulled on. It's not the being bitten and so forth. It's not the being climbed on. It's not these things that are the source of anger or frustration, are they? Think about that. That's really had me, my, my brain thinking, really chewing on that. Let's say that somebody comes and wants to climb all over me, pull my hair and stuff like that. Is it the pulling of my hair and the climbing on me that is the source of any frustration? The answer is no, it can't be. Because when my daughter was younger, I'd let her do it all day long. I would let her do it all day long. So what is the element of the thing that is the problem? It's me minding, right? It's whether I mind or not. That changes everything. Now, maybe let's talk about this here. You're not catching the weight of what I'm talking about. but. When you do, you can use this to your benefit sort of like a, a, a Jedi or a Zen monk. Because you get to choose whether you mind or not. You ever thought of that? So think about any circumstances in your life that you're dealing with that are driving you crazy. And think about the fact that if you can simply convince yourself not to mind all of that frustration could go away. Are you beginning to see how powerful this lesson of the silverback gorilla is? It is not the being pulled on, bitten, and so forth that is the source of anger or frustration for the silverback gorilla. 
Rather, it's his personal view of who is doing the biting and pulling and his own care or not care uh, regarding that or toward that, which changes everything. The pulling and the biting in themselves are not the cause of anything. So, not minding is magic. Think about it. It allows that silverback gorilla to just sit there, be yanked on, pulled on, bitten, harassed, while not losing one iota of peace at all. And yet, if I were to step into that cage or whatever and go over and do the same thing to that gorilla, he would go into a fury, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he? And just crush me like a like a grape. Is it the pulling and the biting and the climbing on him that is the source of his anger or frustration? No. It's his view of who is doing it. It's his personal perspective or attitude toward who is doing it. Because his kids do it all day long. He doesn't, doesn't bother him. That's something to think about, ain't it? Really interesting. You got uh, you'll probably hear some noise here in the background. Those are puppies, and uh, maybe at the end of the show, I'll show you some uh, video of the puppy. Maybe that's the way we'll close out the show. But uh, they come one week after my good old buddy Bradbury died, so they've I've had my hands full, and uh, seven of them, seven of them come out, and they are today. Today is their birthday, two week birthday. So two weeks ago today I was helping deliver these pups three weeks ago today I was burying my my good old friend my best friend oh Bradbury my other my dog so it's been an interesting few weeks you know life comes and goes well now let's talk about honeybees somebody recently said that the uh, she wanted to feel like she's good for something. Wanted to feel like she's good for something. Which got me thinking about honeybees. If you're sitting around feeling like you're good for nothing, <laughs> what's another way of saying that? What is that all tied into? It's tied into your sense of worth, right? Which is at the foundation of all emotional disorder. An inappropriate view of worth, an inaccurate understanding about the nature of how value works and those sorts of things. So if you're sitting around feeling like, well, I like myself, but I just don't feel like I'm good for anything. I'm not useful for anything. Then you dislike yourself more than you know you do because it's all tied into your understanding of, of inherent value, the, way, the nature of human value, the nature of how it works, what what gives birth to it, and, and all these things. So be careful. This craving, if you if you're sitting around and you find yourself experiencing this empty craving of wanting to feel like you're good for something, you know then that that is being born from a belief that your value depends on what other people think most of us here in last symptom land know by now that that's not true and the reasons why 
if you're new please watch uh, some of the recent episodes of the last symptom podcast for more insights around that by the way the show is available as audio only version I know a lot of you are just listening but it's also available as a video on both YouTube and Rumble so you know I'm looking at a camera right now and talking to you and all and got half of you watching I got half of you listening but just for your information you can watch this as a video here's something important to remember that a person who is viewing the nature of himself or herself correctly will not ever walk around feeling a craving to feel good for something a person who is viewing the nature of himself or herself correctly will not ever walk around feeling a craving to feel good for something and that's going to bring us to the honeybees here in a minute kind of a nice day here today so i got my doors open and there's all sorts of noises happening all around so i'm not going to edit them all out all right folks i just hope that you won't mind them so anyway why do i say that uh, a person who is viewing the nature of himself or herself correctly will not ever walk around feeling a craving to feel good for something why do i say that the reason i say it is because to correctly view your true nature inherently includes being good for something that brings us to the honeybee I'd like you to think about the honeybees does a honeybee have to learn special tricks that the other honeybees are unable to do in order to be good for something lots of honeybees out there right lots of honeybees so do the individual honeybees each have to learn something some special trick or something to make them stand out and have value in comparison to the other honeybees well that's a silly thing to think right but you're probably you're probably thinking that way about yourself so it's not any less silly the 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 reality of the thing is that the honeybee is good for something because of what he is he's good for something because of what he is and his role in life as what as a honeybee so not on well not on how well he distinguishes himself from among the other honeybees but by the mere fact that he is a honeybee the mer- on the merit of being a honeybee that's where his value as a honeybee comes from comes from what he is so do you see that all of us in life and in all reality as we know it we all depend on that honeybee because of what he is we, we don't depend on him whether you know it what is what is important about that honeybee is not whether he ever stands out as special in comparison to all of the other honeybees. That one honeybee's mere existence is necessary and important for the entire world. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, no, you're wrong, because that's just one honeybee. It's just one honeybee. 
that one honeybee has no value because the world wouldn't even notice if that one honeybee were gone. Well, what I would say is that if that's true then, then what you believe about that one honeybee, that one particular honeybee, also has to hold true for every other single individual honeybee, right? So you and I would go out into the yard, you point to a honeybee, and you say, that one is insignificant because I could step on it right now, kill it, and nobody would ever notice. Life would go on. That one honeybee has no value. Okay. So I say, all right, but let's go over to this honeybee over here. There's another one in the yard. Let's go over to that one. Is, is what you were saying true for this other honeybee too? And you say, well, yes, because if it's true for the first honeybee, that as an individual, he doesn't matter, he's insignificant, whatever's true for that individual honeybee also has to be true for every individual honeybee, right? What's that mean then? What it means is that all honeybees have no value based on that sort of thinking. And if all honeybees have no value, it would mean we don't need them, the world doesn't need them, life would be just fine without them, which is absolutely false. Do you see that if honeybees in general matter, and if honeybees in general are good for something on the merit of what they are and what they bring to life simply by their existence, then every single individual honeybee also matters and is also good for something on the mere merit of what it is. That's kind of, it might be a profound thought for some of you. To think that, well, that one little individual honeybee doesn't matter. But if that's true for that honeybee, then it has to be true for every other individual honeybee. And if it's true for every individual honeybee, it means all honeybees. All honeybees are worthless. That they have, there's no, we don't have any need for them. No. If, if honeybees in general matter, then that individual honeybee matters. Whether you step on it and people notice it and was gone or not, it still matters based on the merit of what it is. So likewise, you and me, yeah, all, us as people, we also don't have to learn special tricks or to be special, quote-unquote, at something, or be able to speak ten languages, write the great, the next great American novel, discover the cure to cancer, or any other thing, in order to be, quote-unquote, good for something. No matter what you do or don't do, you are already filling a role on the merit of what you are just like that honeybee do you see that if people in general matter and they do then you individually matter no less so
This is because of what you are and what you're already contributing to life. This is whether you know it or not. It's your mere existence as a human that brings it into the world. Just like that honeybee doesn't have to be able to do special things or distinguish distinguish itself apart as special in comparison to other honeybees in order to have value, neither do you. What you are and your place in life, I'm not saying your your superficial place in life, like are you a carpenter, are you a computer scientist, are you a doctor, Th- those things are ir- irrelevant to what we're talking about. When I'm talking about your place in life, I'm talking about what you are. You're not a bird. You are a person, a human being. You're not a car, <laughs> to quote an, an, uh, a previous episode. You're not a car. You're a human being. That's what we're talking about, your place in life. We're talking about inherent realities. So it's what you are and your place in life that makes you good for something. You don't have to distinguish yourself apart from all of the other humans around you in some unique way before you can be quote-unquote good for something or have value. You know, people are only driven to do those sorts of things like to distinguish themselves as a part, as special, as different, and stuff like that when they believe their value depends on impressing all of those other people around us. Their sense of worth and value depends on what they think. So they must try to stand out as special in some unique way. But it's very, it's meaningless and very superficial that. Does not lead to contentment. That craving is being born from unhealthy, an unhealthy understanding about how value works. Once a person gets what they want and they've got the admiration, they feel like they've they stand out as special and now they've got the admiration and the worship of other people and stuff like that it's unfulfilling because it's superficial and it's false so there's no answers to be found there no the answer is here what I'm telling you about the honeybees what makes the individual honeybee have value what makes all honeybees have value is what they are. Are they good for something? Yeah. Their mere existence is good for something. And I'm saying that that's true for people too. Your place in life, what you are, what your existence brings to life and the world. Consider this. No matter if you're trying to distinguish yourself from all the other humans in special ways or not, You already are distinct and special from them, whether you can see it or not. If you're unhealthy, you can't see it. If you're healthy, you can see it. So you get that? You don't have to try to distinguish yourself from all the other human beings because 
for one thing, your mere existence as a human being brings value into the world. So you don't have to feel compelled to try to distinguish yourself from anybody else as special. But, did you catch what I said? You don't have to try. You don't have to be to stand out and be distinct from other people, but you are anyway. You already are. So whether you're trying or not trying to distinguish yourself from other people, you already are distinct and special from them, whether you can see it or not. That's right. You see, unlike honeybees, we human beings are not honeybees. You know, honeybees have incredible inherent value but compared to people there's no comparison there is no comparison people have much greater inherent value than honeybees ever will another uh, difference between human beings and honeybees is that honeybees are very very similar each individual honeybee is very similar to one another but that's not true for people as human beings we are all uniquely individually different in amazing ways honeybees are inferior to us in every way and that's not just true for honeybees that's true for all other physical living creatures and a lot of animal lovers and stuff like that and they Uh, might argue against that well they're wrong human beings are higher life forms than honeybees apes, dogs you you, you can love apes and dogs but um, to put them on a plane as being equal to humans is uh, well I don't know what you call it, ignorance, stupidity, um, emotional thinking rather than logical thinking. Human beings are on a higher plane, a superior form of life. And like I said, honeybees have tremendous inherent value, but their inherent value pales in comparison to human beings. If you're a God-fearing person, I realize not all of you are, and so I won't talk about this forever. Because um, if I were not a God-fearing person and uh, somebody I was, you know, around somebody who was t- doing a bunch of God talk, uh, that would exhaust me. I think. I think I would want to drop out of a conversation like that after a short time. So bear with me. But if you're a God-fearing person, consider that when uh, Jesus Christ come to the earth and he become a human being, remember he previously existed as a powerful spirit creature, but he came to earth and become a human being was born as a human being now granted he was a perfect human being and you and I are not perfect but uh, Hebrews 2.9 says and I quote that Jesus becoming a, hu- a perfect human being made him quote a little lower a little lower than the angels are angels higher life forms than us of course they are they're powerful spirit creatures they are a a superior and higher life form than human beings and yet as a perfect human being 
the Bible says that it only made Jesus Christ a little lower than the angels. So the difference between angels and humans is incredibly tiny compared to the difference between humans and honeybees or humans and apes or humans and dogs. You would like to think that an ape is very similar to us, not in the ways that matter. If you want to talk about the fact that they have five fingers and those sorts of things, opposable thumbs, sure. Those are very superficial things. But in the things that matter, such as being able to reflect certain qualities, think about the past and the future, and um, you know, think in moral terms, um, um, eth- you know, ethics, things like this, the animal world has nothing in common with us there. Only human beings can reflect those sorts of qualities. As intelligent, human-free agents made similar to our Creator, we share much, much more in common with angels than we do with honeybees, apes, giraffes, parakeets, and any other living thing. You know, As intelligent, human-free agents, we're made in our creator's image in the sense that we have a conscience we can reason we can reflect on the past contemplate the present plan for the future we possess the potential to develop and reflect many of the same good qualities that who else who else shares with us dogs and apes and dolphins nope we possess the potential to develop and reflect many of the same good qualities that only angels and God share. We're much closer to those living beings than we are to apes. We can think in abstract ways. We can reflect on life, appreciate and adopt morals and ethics, as I've already mentioned. So, if you're a paraplegic constrained to a bed... And the only thing you have any control over is your eyelids and your thoughts. Your worth is still vastly superior to any other living, physical living creature. If all you can do is lie in bed and think, you are still good for vastly more than any other creature, physical creature that exists. You are still fulfilling your role in life by your mere existence than any other creature living in this world. So there are some things to think about. You know, think about this. Feelings of worthlessness are going to continue to plague you as you go through this process. I know we we talk a lot about inherent worth, the nature of value. You know, we talk about the two um, value system types commercial value, inherent value. We've done a lot of shows on that. But many of you continue to struggle with this notion that you can have value because of what you are, because of the fact that you're a human being. Many of you are stuck in the lie that you have to set yourself apart as special in some way, or you have to earn value as a person well 
you know, if you're a baseball player, we've talked about that in the past. If you're a baseball player, you have to earn value as a baseball player. I mean, your value as a baseball player is dependent upon how well you play baseball. But your value as a human being is not based on anything like that. It's based on just being a human being. It comes with being a human being. So I want to go across the road and strangle that dog that's barking, but uh, I'd rather maintain friendly terms with my neighbor, so I'm not going to do that. And he's... Uh, there he goes again. Anyway, you get the idea. You, it, it, For example, if if Major League Baseball tomorrow hired me as a baseball player, the mere fact that I'm a baseball player does not give me value as a baseball player. See, that's the commercial value system type. So, a lot of people struggle with the idea, well, yeah, so I understand that. I have to play baseball really well. I have to become a, a baseball star and, and really perform really well. I have to earn that value as a baseball player. But you see, your value as a human being isn't based on how well you human. <laughs> it's based on the fact that you are a human, just like that honeybee. I mean, you think about the role that just... Without honeybees, the world would collapse. We wouldn't have plants that bloom. The plants and trees and everything would die. And you know, honey is the, like the the very least important thing that honey that honeybees bring into the world. What what they contribute to the world, the most important aspects of it involve them just being bees. Them just going about their life as bees, landing on flowers, carrying that pollen over to other flowers and trees and stuff like that. You know, they, they contribute to life in ways that we can't even fathom just by being bees and doing what bees do. So think about you as a human being, and you're worth being just what you are, what your existence brings into the world. You know, just you being a human and doing what human beings do brings tremendous value to the world. I'm under no delusions that I'm going to have this talk with you today and tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're just going to love yourself for the rest of all time. No, if, if you're like me, it's going to be these feelings of worthlessness are going to be, are going to continue to be something that plague you as you go through this process. They're not going to be eliminated all at once because you're trying to root out some very deeply entrenched perspectives and that takes time. But don't give up. Continue to maul over, chew over these things that we talk about related to worth and the nature of it. Play around with it in your head like I did with the honeybee. You point to that one honeybee. You say, that honeybee, uh, nobody will notice if it's gone. The world will move on. Sure, sure, you're right. But to say that that one honeybee doesn't have any value because of that because it's one of many honeybees. Well, whatever you apply to that individual honeybee has to be true for every other individual honeybee, which means it's got to be true for all honeybees. You see, so you you play around with these things in your head until you can see the bigger picture, and it all kind of clicks into place. And that same formula works for people, but there are some important differences. The important difference being that we aren't honeybees. We're not that lower life form. We are a superior life form. 
and among people there's much 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 more diversity than there are among honeybees that's true for gorillas too gorillas have their individual personality types and stuff like that but there is not the diversity among gorillas that there are among people we are a superior life form when these feelings of worthlessness well up inside of you push back against them challenge them with what with your thoughts you want to be like a lawyer building a case within yourself that you can present to the jury and who's the jury you're the jury <laughs> your unhealthy side of you is the is the jury you're the lawyer presenting a case building a case and presenting it to the jury to convince that jury to conclude the correct thing to come to the correct conclusions prove to that jury very convincingly why those feelings of worthlessness are lying and as you do this and work on this I'll be there to help you so that's our conversation for this week um, let me see if there's any announcements I got for you and all uh, no I'd just like to see you all over there on the last symptom uh, online community like I said we do live streams every Monday and we have conversations throughout the week um, you know I was I was took I took a lot of time off last couple weeks because of per things going on in my personal life like losing my dog and stuff like that but I'm back I'm feeling good and uh, looking forward to interacting with you and all and having more conversations like this so uh, hope you guys all have a wonderful weekend. You all take care of yourselves, and uh, I'll be, I'll see you in the next episode of the Last Symptom Podcast. But also, oh my goodness! But also there on the group on uh, thelastsymptom.locals.com, or you can download the locals.com app from the App Store, as I mentioned earlier, and search for the Last Symptom by Brian Barnett. Ladies and gentlemen, take care. Do something nice for yourselves, and I'll talk at you real soon. <laughs>